Hi there, my name is Jessica Crow, and I am the founder of Apogee. Apogee is a change management training and consulting firm, and this is our podcast, Change Leader Insights, and I'm so excited to have here with me today Professor Julie Hodges. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Julie is a professor with Durham University Business School in Durham, England, is that right? That's right, Jessica, yes. Yes, she's a consulting advisor. She is the author of several books, one of which I have. I've been reading through it. Clearly, I'm enjoying it with all the earmarks. And she's been nominated by Thinkers360 as one of the top leaders and influencers in change management in the world. So I am just so excited to have you here on this show today. Julie, will you please tell the people that are watching a little bit about yourself, how you got into uh, change management. You've been a professor for quite some time now, um, but a little a little background in bio would be helpful. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Jessica. And it's a pleasure to be with you today and to be able to talk about change. So, um, yeah, I've been in academia for several years, but before that, I began my career in the business world. So I spent mm -hmm. um, several years working with companies such as the British Council, Coopers. Mm -hmm. um, I also worked in the financial sector as well. So during that time, I had the I had the experience of actually leading and managing business transformations. Mm -hmm. And then that took me into the academic world where I now do teaching, research, writing and consultancy into an area I'm very passionate about, which is business transformations. So, and you're not busy at all. <laughs> no, not busy at all. No. Well, and you're working on a new book that will be publishing sometime next year. And the focus is around people-centric change, I believe. And, you know, the topic of the, this is one of the more recent books that you've written, Managing and Leading People Through Organizational Change. I was curious, you know, when you're thinking about people-centric change and then the focus of the new book, what are some of the new insights that you're looking into, um, you're researching, you're discovering? Are you able to share any of those today or just how you're thinking about the framework for this new this new book yeah certainly so so the i guess where the approach comes from is is with with change there is a lot that happens with change from a process point of view mm -hmm. and companies tend to be really good on the process side but what is often missing is the people side mm -hmm. so we need both the people and we need the process side for effective business transformations. Mm -hmm. so, so what I have done is I have really honed in on, on what I call people-centric change mm -hmm. and looked at how can um, key stakeholders, whether they're internal or external to the organization, be engaged in business transformations. And by transformations, I mean, um, th these are big radical changes that hit the, mm -hmm. I guess, the deep structure of an organization, whether that's the mission, the um the values the culture the mm. structure and so on in comparison to incremental change and incremental change happens around us all the time so that's step change so the mm -hmm. japanese called kaizen yeah. so it's about looking at business transformations but also it's about looking at engaging people in person but also really importantly when people are working in hybrid remote and other flexible types of working at the right. Yeah. yeah. So it's covering in particular in this book, I have included things like um, some of the classic things like communication, but I've also looked at how can we communicate people in hybrid and remote working environments. Um, I have a chapter on well-being as well, because I think that right. is absolutely vital and um, both people that are working on site, but also people that are working remotely. 
And also I have a chapter on equality, diversity and inclusion too. And these are these are areas that don't tend to be included when we're talking about change in organization. They're very important. So I thought it was key to highlight these elements that focus specifically on people in, in an organization too. Absolutely. I'm, that's great to hear. You know, and I, I don't know if part of the impetus for thinking about these things and including them in your new book has anything to do with the pandemic and maybe some of the um, insights and observations we got out of that as it relates to the health and well-being of employees and how important that is in terms of, you know, just when people aren't, um, you know, every, the things that you've mentioned, well-being and, um, uh, you know, being the one before that, gosh, my memory is escaping me right now. Um, but I, I think it's critical for leaders and people to understand that how you are internally has such an impact on your willingness and readiness for change in an organization. And that engagement piece is impacted by, um, you know, managers have such an important role in this. And and what are your yeah. thoughts on the role of the middle manager actually in supporting some of this business transformational activities? Yeah, and that's a brilliant question, Jessica, because I actually also have a chapter on the role of managers. Um, a lot of books are written from the perspective of, of leaders and tend to miss mm-hmm. out managers and frontline staff. So that's what's going to be different about this book. So I have a chapter on the role of managers and have proposed that actually that role does need to be re- reframed because of the changes in organizations, because of how people are working differently, and because of the nature of change as, as well. Mm-hmm. Too. I mean, change since, as you say, the pandemic, virtually overnight, people had to make really significant changes in their working and their personal life. And, and that's still happening in organizations. And organizations are still finding their way and thinking about what will be their future operating model. We're still seeing the accelerating impact of technology. You know, there's lots of discussion about artificial intelligence, intelligent machines, and so on. So change hasn't slowed down. It it is still getting faster, I think, accelerating. And also, I think that what people expect from their work has changed as well since the pandemic, which means that there's a shift to look at what's the role of managers and, and again, the classic role of managers being in command and control situations in, in change was fine when change came from the top down, but change right. is no longer the case now, in, in fact. So I think there is a need to reshape, reform the role of managers. That's right. With the distributed workforce, you know, how do you connect with people remotely? Well, what are you, some of your tips then for how do managers um, engage and connect with their teams when they may not have proximity like they used to, or it's not that top-down approach. It's more of that distributed leadership model. What are some of the strategies that you're at least teaching on today, or you're thinking about including in the book? Yeah. So I think it's where ever feasible to do so. And I always say the caveat, whenever feasible to do so, because yeah. um, about engaging people as early as possible yeah. in planned change. And that needs to be both in-person environments, but also online too. We, mm-hmm. we have to get better at using things like Zoom and Teams for having not just formal meetings, but informal meetings and informal discussions. So it is about um, managers engaging with staff as early as possible. And that is about having dialogue with them, having mm-hmm. conversations with them about what, what are their ideas 
Um, what are their concerns? What are some of the challenges that they are facing and how do they think these challenges may be addressed as well? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, in this book, actually, you talk a lot about the emotions of change and sense making. And I think that's really under um, emphasized as we think about change management and applying that practice, because we, you know, the connection you have to have with your employees, your teams to have those types of conversations where they're coming up with not only the ideas and their um, potential solutions and how do you implement, but also the feelings that they're having as they're becoming aware of this need for change and then being expected to actually make a change. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really interesting. What about uh, the, the whole concept of, of, of leading change, uh, you know, as you're teaching your, your students today, because you've got students that you're teaching, um, what is your idea around, you know, global, like having global transformations? How, how does that shift uh, or does it at all, knowing that there's Zoom and Teams and ways of working. Yeah, and in a way, things like Zoom and Teams make it easier because it's it's helped in terms of co communication across yeah. the globe. You know, we can now communicate in real time on, on, online, in fact. And and it is thinking, I think we have to take into account, and this has an impact on people's well-being about different time zones as well. Right. You know, it's, you know, it it's, um, can have an impact on people's health if they're constantly getting up at a very early time to engage with countries at a reasonable time. So it's, it's trying to work out the best time zones, timelines for engaging people. That's important. Um, it's also important to look at the language that's used as well, because a lot mm -hmm. of the language that we tend to use when talking about transformations, such, such as synergies and so on, aren't necessarily translatable to other cultures, but also don't make, mean a lot of sense. So it's about yeah. the most relevant language as well that can transfer across cultural boundaries too. But also I think what's really important when you're doing a global transformation is, is, is being mindful of, of the some of the cultural nuances. So how do people make decisions in different mm -hmm. countries, for mm -hmm. example? Yes. I mean, um, so it's taking those into account as well. That makes a lot of sense. Do you see the practice of change management changing at all? Um, and, and what I mean by that is, in, you know, today it feels like it's something that we're doing in addition to rolling out a change, whether it's you know, within your home country or, or globally, um, do you see it becoming at any point sort of operationalized into the business or the culture and norms? Is there going to be a shift that we need to be thinking about today as we move forward, you know, as change management consultants or practitioners, do you see any sort of shifts in how we approach the work from being more wrapped around a, a transformation to just being a, a way of how the organization operates? Yeah, I think there's a need to embed more capabilities in organizations for managing, leading, but also being in a, in a transformation process as well. That's really important. It's looking at what are the key skills that are required, hence why I've included a chapter in terms of the role of managers in the future right. of change too. But also I think we really need to be mindful of the people that are in that transformation process, that the you know that they're having to pick it up and they're having to make that change happens. So what are the key capabilities that they need to effectively be able to do that? And it's about ensuring that they have the support to be able to do that, as well as the key skills, knowledge and experience too. 
Yes. That makes sense. If you're a middle manager today and you know that your role may require more emphasis on being a leader and facilitator of change and creating that capability for your team, what are some skills that are valuable that are worth developing as someone who is in that role and recognizing that they may be in that role because they've been a high individual, you know, performing individual contributor, but now they're being asked to lead others. So what are your thoughts on that? What are, what do you think about the different skills that a middle manager could proactively develop um, today? So I think they need to, managers need to be aware of the context. So they need to be aware of not just what's happening internally, but they need to be aware of what's happening externally. They need some diagnostic skills too. So they need to be able to really get to the root cause of issues in organizations to find out not just what the symptoms are, but what's the real issue here that needs to be addressed. They need skills around design thinking as well to come up with the most relevant solutions. They also need coaching skills to be able Mm -hmm. to, to coach their teams to engage with the change as well. And also managers need... To, to have some of the right tools and frameworks, they, they need to move away from using these um, fairly um, traditional linear models of yeah. change to much more cyclical models. And that's what I've, I've created within this book based on my research is a cyclical model to change because as we, as we know, change doesn't happen because we start at A and we end at B and you've ticked all the boxes in between. It doesn't happen that way anymore. No. It happens yeah. in a much more cyclical approach. That's, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. I've uh, trained a couple of people who are also project managers and making that mental shift of it's not this linear approach because project management in many ways, you've got your your schedule and your budget and your timeline, and you're trying to keep everything going according to plan, then they're learning about change management. And it's much more complex because it's not linear and you're dealing with people and their emotions and human beings are irrational in many ways. So how do you use tools in your toolkit at the right moment to engage people and meet them where they're at? So I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's something that I'm seeing you know, in the people that I'm working with and obviously within the organization too. It's not this process you follow from start to finish. It's how do you engage? How do you connect, build those relationships, build that trust and help people uh, have that internal, that mindset shift that allows them to think about, you know, their role, their part in making the change a success because it means something to them personally. Absolutely right. And part of that, going back to your question, is, is managers also need to be able to foster collaboration. Yes. Well. Yeah. And that's fostering collaboration, as you say, across the globe. That's fostering collaboration with people who may be working remotely, with people who are working on site too. So it's bringing people together to, to really give them the autonomy where mm-hmm. actually they can come up with the ideas and they can raise their issues and their challenges within that safe psychological space without feeling that they're going to be castigated for doing it. But then encouraging yeah. that collaboration so that people feel they can take forward the implementation. Because too often people are brought in when it's already been decided what will be done, right. how it will be done, and they have to pick up the how it will be done and, and then tend to sort of oppose or resist it because they may have a better way of doing it, but nobody's actually ever asked them what could be done differently and how it could be done differently as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and sometimes people just want to feel like their voices are heard, that they're being seen, that somebody is acknowledging that there's a change that is going to be challenging for them. And here's the reasons why they may not think it's going to work, but in reality, it will work. It's just, they need to have a voice in the process and co-create the solution. So, you know, I'm glad that you, that you shared that too. You know, some of the skills though, that you've mentioned design thinking, coaching facilitation, those aren't, you know, skills that managers necessarily come to the table with, um, and going out and finding opportunities to learn those things. But it sounds like a big opportunity for companies to really rethink their training and development strategy. How do we infuse some of this, you know, when you get promoted into a role, for example, what type of, or even just, you know, any role within the organization, what skills can make you more effective as a uh, participant, as a manager, as a leader? So I think there's a real opportunity here to sort of reshape the culture and, you know, continual learning is a great way to increase the vibe in the organization too, make it a more positive culture as well. Definitely. And, and and people might think about, well, what about all these transactional things that managers do? Who's going to do right. those? And this is where we need to think about how we can work alongside technology. Right. You know, how can we work alongside AI so that yeah. AI is picking up all of these transactional um, tasks and it gives managers more space to pick up these other capabilities that we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, AI, it's something that I've been using to support. Um, the work that I'm doing, and I'm really enjoying learning about it and starting to to utilize it. There's a lot of fear around it too, because mm-hmm. there's the, you know, it's going to replace some jobs, it's going to replace some tasks, but there's so much potential for it as well. You know, I'm assuming some of the students you have are currently employed and working for organizations. What kind of questions or concerns are the people that you're connected to bringing to the table as it relates to increased automation, AI, some of the platforms that their firms or companies are rolling out? Yeah, I think as you say, there is there is that fear at the moment, but actually it's about, I think it's not about, yes, AI will replace some of the jobs that we'll be doing, but also there'll be a need for other jobs as well. Right. So it, it, it does mean um, you know, retraining, reskilling, different capabilities compared to what we had in the past. But if, if you think about it, I mean, when I started my career, we didn't have email, we didn't have mobile, right. <laughs> we didn't have the internet, etc., and, and we didn't have the cloud. And there was fear yeah. around that. But now it's integrated in our work. So it's yeah. how we do that, and I think it's how do we um, work alongside AI that is really important. Yeah, yeah as an enabler. Yeah, as an enabler. And that that is going to significantly change the workplace and how workers work as, as well. So it's being mindful of the impact that that has. Yeah. And being open and taking a curious, I, you know, uh, uh, a mindset of curiosity as these things Absolutely. come out. I think that's a yeah. safe way to keep your, you know, keep calm and carry on, so yeah. to speak. Um, mm. What are what are some of the other things that you're thinking about as it relates to shifts in organizational change management, the practice um, as a consultant? You know, what are you seeing that would be worth sharing with um, Apogee's audience, with the Change Leader Insights audience? Um, I, I think there's, I, I think the point that you made about the capabilities for change in the organization, mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing from quite a lot of change specialists about how can they justify their role now. Right. Um, I think there's a need for people who are in change roles to ensure that they're, they they continue to develop themselves and, and keep up to date and can really show the benefits that they're giving to organizations 
through ensuring that they are transferring their skills as well you know there's and i think that comes with consultants as well as people who are you know either internal or external consultants i think that's really important it's about showing the value that they are adding to organizational change and i would say also move away from these linear models because yeah. i'm not going to mention some of them but please they were developed in the 1990s and they're yeah. still being used and the yeah. world has changed and moved on from there i agree with you you know interestingly enough i was re- reading i don't know if it was a gallup or world economic forum i forget which report it was in but it was talking about jobs that will become more in demand over the next five years and one of the roles was business transformation specialists and i thought oh that's mm-hmm. funny so because previously it was change management i'm like now we're just putting a new name on it but it does it does it's more i think encompassing and i actually like where that's headed because it's not just this discrete, it's how do I look at the entire organization? I don't know. I'm loving where the shift is. And I totally agree with you. The linear models, they they no longer, they, they were helpful. They created the foundation. And now we need something that's a little bit more flexible because the pace of change is, uh, it's a lot different. It's not that waterfall approach. You've got a lot of agile and fast yeah. implementations. So yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Julie, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I loved learning from you. Um, I'm so excited to get through the, the rest of this book. I'm about halfway through and I can't wait for your next book to come out. If people are interested in um, learning from you and continuing to connect, is LinkedIn the best way to yeah. connect so, with you? Okay. Yeah, and what is your, what is your LinkedIn handle? Is it just professor Julie Hodges? I believe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure uh, speaking with you and I uh, good luck with the rest of your teaching this summer. Thank you. Lovely to meet you, Jessica. Thanks.